Welcome back to the Sports Talk ATL podcast. I am your host, Chase Searle at Sports Talk ATL on Twitter, joined by Jake Gordon at Camp Guard Jake on Twitter and Alex Lord at Go Sports Talk on Twitter. Guys, this is our special trade deadline primer. I think we're officially a week away. August 2nd is the trade deadline. I don't know why they moved it back a couple days, kind of random to me, but that was part of the new bargaining agreement. And while I initially thought the Braves wouldn't have to make a ton of moves at this trade deadline, the recent news of Adam Duvall being lost for the season, kind of out of nowhere, didn't really seem like he suffered a major injury, but he's having surgery. He's lost for the season. Now I think the Braves have some holes when you look at Ozzie Albies being out, Ian Anderson struggling. So if there's a place where you think the Braves need to add the most leading to the trade deadline, where is it? Uh, I'll let you start, Jake. Yeah, um, I definitely think that they should really – this is going to sound so stupid, but they should really just focus on getting good players. Like you look at, you know, oh, do they need a bat? Do they need this? Do they need that? Get Just get some upgrades. Like that's really the main thing for me. I don't think it has to fit a specific mold. I don't think it has to be a starter. I don't think it has to be a bullpen piece, but I think they need impact players, somebody that's going to make a difference no matter what they do. I think on the season, a lot of people are down on Adam Duvall, but he's been one of the hotter players <clears throat> since uh, the Braves went on that run in June and July. Um, so I think outfield has got to be first and foremost because he's a huge loss. He's he's better than every other 32-year-old defensively, and he was playing really well as of late. So that's a huge loss, especially since Marcel and Eddie have just been horrendous. Yeah, yeah I, I've been saying was playing a lot better than I thought he was. Yeah, yeah. I, I was surprised when I think, you know, McCauley and, and several other people uh, tweeted it out that uh, he has like, you know, 10 homers uh, in the last month, like 1.2 F4 over the last month. So, yeah, he was one of the more productive players on the team. So it's definitely a big loss, um, especially defensively. Uh, I already thought, though, that the outfield, I think I said it on the last podcast, was going to be the biggest need going into the trade deadline because I mentioned Marcelo Zuna. He's been struggling. Eddie Rosario, he's been awful. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. I do think there's a chance for him to bounce back, but he's learning on the fly here. The guy hasn't played basically all season. He's playing with a new eye. And, you know, we joke around about it, but there's obviously, you know, still some issues there. Um, you know, he's been awful. Um, and now you lose Duvall. And as much as we talk, we love Wild Bill and everything he's done. He was an all-star. He kind of seems like he could be hitting a little bit of a rookie wall here, which, you know, everyone can kind of expect to happen with a lot of these guys, Michael Harris included. So I think to me, the biggest need is an outfielder. And I don't think it can just be, you know, a, a replacement guy, you know, just like a little guy. Like, I think, you know, you need to make a run at maybe an Ian Happ. And that, that's going to cost a lot. I mean, it's going to cost all of the Braves' top prospects pretty much. It's not going to be anything cheap. But to me, when you look at you have second base, a problem there with Ozzy injured. Ian Happ can play second base. You know, now you have an outfield issue. He can move to the outfield once Ozzy's back. That kills two birds with one stone. Um, but like you said, yeah, I definitely think there's a places where they can upgrade all over and getting good players. But I think they have to find an outfielder, at least one starting caliber guy uh, before the trade deadline. I think that's a must. The thing with Eddie, too, is yeah, just like, we're we're getting into August, so it's hard to just you know throw him out there every single game to let him get back into a rhythm because these are starting. We're starting to get to the point where it's like we need to start winning these games, and we are winning these games. But it's difficult to let this guy try and get into his groove when these are important games. So Smitker's in a bit of a pickle himself with all this stuff. Yeah, that was something I brought up too, though Chase. Like somebody like Ian Happ. Uh, Josh Rojas, uh, I, th I think Harold Castro from the Tigers, guys who can play all over the field. Um, 
second base, left field, you know, maybe a, a pinch spot at third if you want to give Riley a day off. Guys who can just play all over, I think, is really important. Yeah, that definitely adds a lot of value um, to this club, um, considering the needs that they have with Ozzy out. I just think, you know, it's got to be, I mean, if it's not Ian Happ, you know, it's got to be a Ben attendee. It's got to be a Trey Mancini. And, and I know these guys are going to cost a lot, especially with a team like the Orioles contending. But I just think they actually have to make a splash. You know, if Duvall doesn't go down, I think you, you can you know, ease Eddie into things. I think you can, you know, take a risk that and hope that Marcelo Zuna can get back into the groove of things. But with Duvall going down, you know, losing one of those options where I actually already thought you were thin, I just think you have to get a starting caliber player. Obviously, my dream guy, I mean, I don't think it'll ever happen, but watch out for the Giants this week. I mean, if they go on a four or five game losing streaks, you know, they get out of playoff contention, they start to realize they're not going to win a championship. Jock Peterson, I mean, that's the first call I'm making. And I know, you know, people will be like, no way that happens. I think it's, I think it could happen because the Giants, you know, they're not a good team. They're not a competitive team. Are they going to give up? Probably not. But if they go and lose four or five games into the trade deadline, Jock Peterson, who's on a one-year deal, makes a lot of sense for them to trade. Yeah, two yeah, two things here. Country, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I think it. You know, I was just going to say, Brace Country probably go ecstatic. They would act like they just won the World Series if we traded for Jock. It would be, it would be monumental. It would be awesome. Yeah, two things here. Um, one of the issues is the Braves really could use a left-handed bat but Marcelo Zuna has some of the gnarliest reverse splits you will ever see in your life. He has like a 435 OPS against lefties. Um, and that's why I kind of like Ian Happy. Ian Happ's a switch hitter. Uh, you look at Benintendi, he hits lefties okay. Charlie Blackman hits lefties okay. Uh, but you want to kind of get a lefty bat who also has reverse splits, and that's kind of difficult to do right now, especially because there's yeah. so many teams in the AL that are contending. It's going to be hard to buy from an AL team. It's part of the reason why I still kind of have a little bit of hope for Mar Marcelo Zuna because he has hit right. He's okay. And over his career, you know, I mean, 2020, when he had that big year for the Braves, I think he had like a thousand OPS against lefties. So this isn't like a career long thing. It's something that's, you know, has happened to this season only. So I, I do kind of have hope that maybe if that flips around, Marcel becomes, you know, at least above replacement caliber player. But you can't have these things. You can't go into the second half of the season after the trade deadline when you can't make any more moves hoping that some of these things happens. You have to at least have a backup plan in place, which is why, yeah, I, I'm trying to get a lefty bat. Um, I'm trying I'm trying to get any kind of bat. It doesn't really necessarily with, – with Duvall gone, I mean, righty, lefty, you just got to get a bat that can hit the damn ball and, and have options because you, I, I do believe Eddie or Marcel can bounce back. But right now you just can't go hoping into the second half of the season. You can't do that. It's just – it is what it is. I don't is, think they're know? going to. Yeah, I, I don't think they are as well. I think that's that's going to be the top need. Let's start to let's talk about these other needs though. Uh, starting pitching, uh, Ian Anderson. Uh, this has been a hot topic. Uh, he's he was awful. He's he's been awful for all season. Let's not sugarcoat it. You know, people talk about oh he's really starting to figure things out the last three starts. No, he wasn't. He got a little lucky. He had runners on base every inning. He couldn't get to the sixth inning. Uh, you know, he got some. He had some good luck, and he was playing some bad offenses in Washington and St. Louis. So he, he wasn't looking any better. He's been awful all season. Uh, it's time that the Braves either give Kyle Moore a look or really add someone to this rotation. Yeah, this has got to be down there on the needs for me just because, Chase, you say it all the time. You know, going into the postseason, of course, you'd like five guys that you can go to, but you really only need four, and the Braves have four especially with Charlie Morton uh, regressing back to his mean. He looks like the Charlie Morton of uh, old. And, you know, the three, there's not 
many rotations in baseball that have as good of a top three as the Braves do. I mean, Max Freed got pretty unlucky last night. <clears throat> Kyle Wright's just been proving everybody wrong, including myself, where I thought he would regress back to the mean. Uh, and he's just been dominant. And uh, yeah, you got Spencer Strider on the mound tonight. So I don't think the rotation's really a big deal be- because of that. You know, the you don't we don't have a big farm system to just be shelling out guys like we all know. And the rotation isn't that big of a deal to me. I think uh, I I agree. I mean, I've, I've said this a million times. I still think it might be the second biggest need uh, simply because I think the bullpen, if you just left the bullpen alone, it'd still be a really good bullpen. And second base, you are getting Ozzie, Ozzie Albies back. Um, but yeah, unless you're adding a frontline guy there, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, unless you're planning on moving Spencer Strider out of the rotation, which I don't think that's the plan. They've said many times they're not going to restrict his innings and he's too valuable in the rotation. So to me, I think it's definitely uh, more of a luxury than a necessity. But if you go out there and trade everyone for Luis Castillo, trade everyone for Frankie Montas, like I'm not going to be mad. Uh, like you said, Jake, you know, you want to upgrade and get good players. Those would be significant upgrades and give Brian Snicker, a, you know, uh, embarrassment of Richards, riches when it comes to a starting rotation. But I don't think it's something that the Braves have to do. I don't think it's uh, something that maybe is smart to do with the prospects they have at their disposal. Yeah. And, you know, we, we talk about, you know, it might sound like a stupid, simple analysis to say get good players, but I, I mean it in a way like you look at a team like the Dodgers. Do they need Juan Soto? No, but will they throw whatever they have at him to go get him? They may not need a left fielder, but they'll go get the best one. That's kind of how I mean when I say I just want impact players, you know, and I'm not saying Juan Soto specifically, but you get the point. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's nip that in the butter real quick. The Braves are not getting Juan Soto. We'd have to give up. I mean, the realistic package to get Juan Soto would be Harris Strider and more, which honestly, yeah, like I would do like the thing about it is people would be like, I, I posted this shit on Facebook about Shohei Otani, you know, and I was like, Michael Harris, Spencer Strider and more, you know, when MLB network, you know, laughably predicted that we would land Shohei Otani, like, would you do this? And, you know, of course, everyone on Facebook and all these Braves fans are like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. The reality is as much as I love Michael Harris, like, He's still an unproven commodity. Like he's been great for 50 game sample size, but like Shohei Atani is the best player in baseball right now. Like it's so laughable that someone would not give up Michael Harris and Spencer Strider as good as they've been for Shohei Atani. Like that's ridiculous. That's a no brainer. And then you'd give them a ton more. Um, same thing with for Juan Soto. Now I don't think the Braves are going to be in on those guys, but that's what it's going to take because the Braves don't have anything in their, their farm system. If they want to get a Luis Castillo, they're going to have to give up Ian Anderson and more. They're going to have to give up major league players. I don't think people really understand how bad the farm system is right now. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, David O'Brien when he when he said Luis Castillo and he and he offered Tucker Davidson and Kyle Muller as like our top prospect and number six prospect. Well, those guys are like twelve and fifteen for like a good farm system. Like those guys, like maybe Kyle Muller's a top ten prospect for like a good farm system, but like he's borderline if that. And I love Kyle Muller. He could get you a solid player, but it's not going to be a Luis Castillo. It's not going to be a Frankie Montas. Like you're going to have to give up a guy like Ian Anderson, who, who's pitched in the postseason as well as he has. You're going to have to give up, you know, Vaughn Grissom, who's probably our best prospect right now. You're going to have to give up Kyle Muller. Like if you actually want to make a splash at this year's trade deadline, if you want Ian Happ, like it's probably going to take Vaughn Grissom and another prospect. Like it probably is. That's what it's going to take. He's got a year of control. He's an All Star this year. Yeah, yeah. Like you're going to have to give up your best guys. And would you? I'm fine with that too. And you know, yeah. you look at you look at Drew Waters when he got moved to Kansas City, and he was ranked 
17th in their system. Yeah, and he was the top prospect. Arnold was 17. You have to look at like MLB Pipeline and how a lot of some most of these sites, like unless you're looking at Fangraphs or Baseball America, who really pay attention to the prospects, like MLB Pipeline doesn't pay enough attention to the actual value of these guys. Like Drew Waters should have not been our top prospect. Like. Uh, like maybe at the beginning of the year, you know, he, like there's been a while where he hasn't been the top prospect. Like right now they have Vaughn Grissom as five. Like anybody who pays attention to this farm system knows Vaughn Grissom should be one at worst two, one or at worst two. And you ask, would I give up Vaughn Grissom for an Ian half? Yes. Without a doubt. Like, listen, Vaughn Grissom still two years away from competing. You have a championship aspirations here. You have an obvious hole. You have a guy like Ian Happ who can fill in at second base, who can play left field when Ozzy Albies gets back. You put Ian Happ in this lineup and Ozzy Albies gets back, bring it the fuck on. Like we're like it's it's go time. And I'm right, and I think we can win a championship again without question. We have no holes in our lineup. But uh, for Vaughn Grissom, hell yeah, I'm doing that. And I think that's a pretty fair deal. You probably have to throw in maybe a Mueller, maybe someone else, but these are things you're gonna have to do if you want a significant upgrade. <clears throat> that's always difficult for some fans, you know, to really connect the dots about how, you know, because it happened with Drew Waters and Christian Pacha for a long time where, you know, Braves country just didn't want to give up the future. Uh, and it's difficult to kind of see, you know, we're in a win now situation, you know, the championship window is wide open and no amount of prospects or how good a farm is ever going to replace world series champions. And it's kind of hard that it's kind of hard for me to believe that people don't see that where it's like, you got to give to get, and you know, these prospects aren't just like you said, Chase, they're not proven commodity. And Michael Harris has been unbelievable. But yeah, just like you said, Otani's the best player in baseball. I mean, even Spencer Strider, he, the sample size is minuscule compared to what Otani has done. So it's difficult for maybe some fans to kind of wrap their head around that, that, you know, you got to give to get. Yeah, that's something that's really frustrated me recently is somebody, you know, Oh, I can't, I, you know, I, I wrote the Ian Happ article and I said, yeah, you know, it's going to be Grissom and, and somebody else for, for Ian Happ. And so he's like, we can't give up Grissom. I'm like, dude, well, last year we can't, we can't give up waters. We can't give up Pache. Uh, we can't give up Enoa. Like, yeah, you can, <laughs> you really can. Yeah. And I'm like much higher on Grissom today than I probably ever really was. Like, I guess like when Pache and waters, like I wasn't, as involved with prospects as, as I probably was um, and, and today. I'm much higher on Grissom than I am probably even I ever would have been on Pache, like knowing, because he's a great defensive 100%. prospect, but there were obvious holes with the bats. You know, Pat, uh, Grissom, you know, doesn't look to have any holes that we know of right now. Obviously, we'll know more as he gets to the upper levels of the minors, but the guy's right now 21 and dominating in double A, and, and he could be in triple A by the end of the year. So I'm very high on Grissom, but it, it just doesn't matter. Like, like if you're talking about Ian Happ and you get another year at Ian Happ, and we're going to need another outfielder next year because Adam Duvall, he's a free agent. You know, he's obviously injured, but he's he's gone after this year. Marcel Azuna, the Braves are going to do everything. I would be shocked if he's on the roster next year. Unless he turns something around, they're just going to salary dump him for nothing. Like, that's what's going to happen with Marcel Azuna. So now you have a hole in left field. Ian Happ fills that not only this year, but he fills it next year. And, and who knows what's going to happen with, with Rosario. I mean, the guy... He might still be blind. He might need another another surgery. I don't know. Uh, he's definitely hitting like he's still blind. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's struggling. So uh, getting a guy like Ian Happ, like that, that's a two-year fix at your biggest hole on the roster right now. I'm giving up my top prospect for that, Yvonne Grissom. It's not even a question. And I'm giving up more. I give him Kyle Muller, too. Like, take it both. And it's going to take something like that to get a deal done. And people might freak out, but that's what it's going to take. Yeah, so Kirby Yates uh, – 
a lot of good news on the farm from there. Them, uh, I do think the Braves could all you could always add bullpen help because the thing about bullpen help, unlike an Ian Happ or unlike a starting pitcher, is it's usually very cheap at the trade deadline. Uh, you could probably get a David Robertson for you know the Braves' fifth prospect or something because he's only under contract for the rest of the year and he pitches one inning every couple of nights. Um, but Kirby Yates could be on his way back and make that not a, a need at all. Uh, he's pitched three scoreless outings on the farm. He's going to be in AAA later this week, and I think we could see Yates around the trade deadline. They might even want to throw him in a game before the trade deadline just to see if he can what he looks like on the major league level and if they need to grab another arm. I wouldn't be totally shocked to see that if he dominates in AAA on Wednesday. Yeah, definitely. Um, another thing, too, is – uh, you know that one of the one of the packages I mentioned um, in one of my articles kind of that fits that mold. I say you know guys that can play all over the place. You know like Jose Iglesias, who's kind of a he's more of a contact guy. He's hitting like three hundred, but he only has like a seven hundred OPS. You know a lot of singles, a lot of a lot of on base stuff like that. And then you get a Daniel Bard, who's been one of the better closers in the league on the Rockies, who are not very good. Both of those one year deals. That's something I would look more for the Braves to do. You know maybe get like a two a two play. You know a, a two a two hitter with you know two things that you need uh, guys, older guys on expiring deals. And that's something that won't cost you as much. That won't cost you like a Vaughn Grissom or something like that. But if they have Kirby Yates, they're not going to have to go get somebody for the bullpen, you know, at least on the right-handed side, unless they really want to turn things up uh, a notch, but I, I wouldn't rule it out. I definitely don't think bullpens out of the question. I think one thing's for sure. And the Braves are a good team and good teams don't rest on their laurels. I mean, the Braves have a great team and a chance to win the, World Series as it stands right now. But Anthopolis isn't going to sit on his hands. You know, no matter if they're small moves or big moves, I mean, they're going to make moves. They're they're a good team, and good teams, you know, upgrade the roster, just like you said, Jake, in any way they can. Even if it's in an area that doesn't necessarily, you know, pop need, it's just, just like you said, adding good players, just getting the team better. And I think, you know, it's, it's a guarantee. I think it's a guarantee they're going to make at least one trade, uh, especially now recently with all the news about Adam Duvall <clears throat> going down. Yeah, I think adding an outfielder it's all about is value. obvious. I think adding an outfielder is definitely going to happen. And I, I don't rule out bullpen simply because I, if you just watch the, the teams that have won in recent years, it's just – and, like, the Braves didn't have an elite bullpen last year. They played elite at the end of the season and the night shift and all that. But they have the potential to have an elite one this year where uh, I don't know if you remember playing teams like the Dodgers, but it seems like, oh, they could they can go three or four innings with their starters. And then it's like ace, 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 ace out of the bullpen that are just throwing absolute filth. And it's really the way baseball's turned, especially come the postseason. So it wouldn't surprise me that even if Yates does come back, um, that they add a, another high quality guy. And like you said, guys, I just did five um, guys that um, my top, top five trade targets for the bullpen um, that I haven't. Uh, posted yet but yeah the top of my list is David Robertson and Daniel Bard because you know they're one-year rentals they're having fantastic years and I don't think they're going to cost an arm and a leg I mean I got guys like Scott Barlow in here and stuff like that if you want to go all in on the bullpen I don't think the Braves will end up doing that but an Anthony Bass from the Marlins uh, a, a David uh, Robertson a, a Daniel Bard I mean makes way too much sense and, and really like it takes a lot of pressure off your starters uh, you definitely don't need to go get a starter if you go and get another ace reliever so uh, that's just the way baseball is turning these days. And you get an elite bullpen and you can throw the, those starters for four or five innings and then it's good luck. You just turn to the bullpen. Yeah. And, and somebody that I think is really interesting that's been brought up a few times. I did an article just because I kind of felt like maybe it was like a formality, you know, Greg Soto back-to-back all-star appearances, um, not 
great peripherals. Uh, you know, there's definitely yeah, some dude, red flags. See, Not like Richard Rodriguez level red flags. Um. But, you know, he's That's still somebody was... he has three years of control. He's not going to be cheap. Yeah, that's what I was noticing about. Uh, and I don't think Jim Bowden is this. He he lays out some retarded deals all the time leading into the uh, trade deadline. And he was like, yeah, the Braves would need to give up William Contreras for Soto. And I'm just like, that's the dumbest thing ever. I'm not a fan of Soto. I think he is very Richard Rodriguez-esque. Uh, I know he has back-to-back all-star appearances, but that means like nothing for relievers. The, the, the Tigers just had no one else to send to the all-star game. That's really why he got sent to the all-star game. I mean, that's really the truth because you need one. It's just, that's why. Um, so I'm not a fan of Soto. I, I, would, I would not like that move. But yes, he will be expensive. Three years of control, and he has pretty decent numbers over the last two years. I think he could fall off a cliff, but the Tigers aren't going to sell him like that. Uh, they're going to sell him as high as they can, which is why he could be dealt. But I don't think that's someone the Braves should have interest in at all. Just way would, too much control. I would compare him more to Shane Green more than Rodriguez, just because like Rodriguez's yeah. issue was that he couldn't use sticky stuff anymore. Shane Green was another guy. like He was getting hit hard, but he was getting good results. And Soto gets hit hard, and he's getting good results. And that's something that can turn on its head quickly. Yeah, yeah Jake, and, which is, you, you pointed uh, out it, it's all about value. I mean, it doesn't matter where it comes. You don't want to give up too much for too little. Uh, it's all about value for the, this trade deadline and every trade deadline, but this one in particular, it's all about value, where you can get it <clears throat> and how much you got to spend for it. Yeah, and one of the... Um, are for nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and you can find those. I mean, uh, I think uh, Caleb Thomas, I just edited an article of his just talking about, uh, is it Jared Luplo of the... Uh, Diamondbacks. Uh, I think Jordan. I think it's for yeah, he's solid. Jordan Luplo. Yeah. Uh, but I mean he's hitting 182 this year. Uh the Diamondbacks are probably gonna sell him. He's probably not gonna go for much at all. But I mean, guess who else was hitting like 182? Uh Jorge Soler, this little known guy in Braves country. Jorge Soler was hitting about 178 before he got to the Braves. So and, and he's not gonna cost anything. He'll probably cost, you know, a, a top, maybe a top 20 prospect, even in our system, maybe a top 20 prospect. And you can land a guy like that. So that's the great thing when you know you have a general manager like Alex Anthopoulos who's going to be looking for the best value. And, and it's not gonna, it might not be a guy that we're even thinking about um, right now. It's going to be a guy who, like, hey, he saw something on tape where, like, this guy's crushing the ball and just, you know, his results haven't been there statistically. We can get him for a top 20 prospect or maybe we can get two of those guys. And one of them pans out. One of them turns into Jorge Soler. Uh, that could definitely be the path that the Braves take because, as we already said five times, ten times on this podcast, they do not have the prospect capital to be making these big deals. And ideally, when your farm system is this bad, you'd like to hang on to your top guys if you can. This is another This is another name that, that it's really frustrated me with people talking about we can't get rid of, we can't get rid of, is, is Braden Shoemake. And I'm not here to dump on Shoemake because he's fairly new to AAA, but he has less than a 700 OPS in, in AAA, and people are telling me, Oh, we can't get rid of Shoemaker in case we don't keep Dansby. We don't keep Bro, Dansby. Shoemaker like, is not going to be the answer if he's not hitting. I, I, he doesn't have oh a seven hundred OPS in AAA. People say this. People, I people say this shit all the time. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I'm like, dude, Braden Shoemaker is not starting at shortstop for the Braves in no scenario. There's a zero. There is not a scenario on hell where we're competing for championships where Braden Shoemaker in his sub seven hundred OPS in AAA is going to come up and take Dansby Swanson's spot. Like, that is the dumbest form of thinking. And Vaughn Grissom isn't going to be that guy either, even though, like I said, very high on him. He's not going to be the starting short up, shortstop for an Atlanta next year. So the Braves are either going to extend Dansby Swanson, they're going to find a one-year shortstop, uh, uh, 
one-year stopgap that they think is okay enough until Vaughn Grissom's ready, or they're going to go out and star, sign a star like Xander Bogarts, uh, a Trey Turner, something like that. You know, they're not going to, yeah, Braden Shoemake, dude. Everybody in our farm system can get the boot for the right move. And the right move is is not that much. Like our farm system is garbage. Like Braden Shoemake wouldn't be a top 20 prospect. He wouldn't be a top 20 prospect in a good farm system. Like, so there is no one that's even close to untouchable. Uh, uh, Freddie Tarnock, he's a guy who's making some move, moves up the, up the system. Uh, he could be moved. I mean, all these guys uh, could be moved for pretty much any decent player like Andrew Benatendi, like you want Kyle Muller? Like I get he's our top prospect. That's what it's probably going to cost. That's, that's the reality of the situation. And people need to get used to that. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure people ever will, but that's, that's the reality. Yeah. The saying, you know, you got to spend money, see to those... make money applies to a lot of things. Cause it's just like this. I mean, people want to ha- hang on to their money and be like, Oh no, in, in this case, it's the prospects. You want to hang on to the prospects you know, because we're just afraid of not having money or the prospects. And it's like, guys, you got to give them away because it's going to come back. It always comes back. <laughs> and it's, it's one of those things, okay, and if, if you are under this line of thinking where you're so worried about keeping prospects, I, I, ask, I ask you this question. Would you rather the Gwinnett Stripers have a better record than the Braves this year? Is that <laughs> your big concern? Do you guys just want to keep Tucker Davidson in AAA until he's 37? What, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tucker Davidson's about to be 27 years old. Um, and I yeah. love the dude. And I've always I've always been high on Tuck Tuck. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, all these guys are expendable for, for, for anything. Um, I want to ask one quick thing before we get into, like, you know, just uh, some fun. Like, let's stick to some predictions, some trade packages, what you like the most. But I want to talk about Ozzy Albies real quick and kind of what we're expecting from him. Because I feel like he's almost been forgotten. You know, he wasn't having a great year but before he went down. Um, we don't know when he's going to come back. It's looking like early September. It looks like the most reasonable expectation for him to be back and kind of in the groove of things. What do you expect from Ozzy when he comes back? Do we, are, is he going to be closer to the guy we saw in the first half of the season, or is he going to be the all-star that he's been for the, re- for the rest of his career as the Braves? I think it's entirely unreasonable to expect him to come back and be an all-star but you know that doesn't really matter because Ozzy was the heartbeat of this team uh and that matters a lot you know a guy like that coming back and you know an infusion of energy and positivity in the locker room can go a lot it can go further than you know the tangible results that you're asking about um plus you know I think anything he does give you is probably better than Arcia uh, is giving you at this point. And I know he just hit that home run, but he's been abysmal. He's been abysmal since Ozzy went down. Yeah, RC hasn't been great. I will say one thing RC has done very well is played great defense at second base. He's played fantastic defense um, for whatever that's worth. He, he has hit the ball a little bit better of late. He hit that three-run homer um, on Friday night, it was, against the Angels. Uh, uh, Jake, what do you think? What, what are you expecting from Ozzy when he comes back to the lineup? Uh, real quick too, uh, I got us some. We, this is this is instant reaction. I got some fresh content. Uh, Fangraphs just put up a hypothetical trade for Andrew Benintendi that I think is really good. Um, but Ozzy, I just, I just, I just want, you know, Ozzy's a spark plug. He's always been that type of player. You really, you know, he's kind of an all or nothing guy sometimes, and he's been an all or nothing guy this year. But he seems to typically pick it up in the second half. And I think, I think just having him back, I think his presence is really the most important thing. 
Yeah, I mean, I think no matter what, he's an upgrade over Arcia, a significant upgrade. Um, defensively, he's still a wizard. Um, he, he brings pop to the lineup. I, I'm not too worried. Ozzy's always kind of been a hot and cold player. Um, and I don't think the injury should, you know, make him anything less than he was. I don't think he's going to have a ton of problems in his rehab. So it wouldn't shock me at all if he came back and had an 800 OPS and was playing elite defense at second base. It, it really wouldn't. Um, it wouldn't shock me if he had five homers in the month of September and was one of the hottest players um, in the Braves lineup come October. Uh, he's just that kind of guy. Um, he's a hot and cold player. So I'm not too worried. I, I really think as long as he's healthy, um, they're going to take things slowly with him. Uh, he's going to be a huge addition to this lineup. I just kind of wanted to wanted to know where everyone else was thinking about him because I kind of forgot. Like I kind of forget like every night that he's not in the lineup. And that's that could be an absolutely huge boost to this team um, going down the stretch and into the postseason. But uh, let's hear this Benettini uh, trade package. All right, I'll, I'll put up an article on this too. Uh, it's Benintendi for Tarnock, uh, Brandel Mosquito, who I really like. He's a younger uh, international guy. And Tyler Collins, who y'all know I love a lot. Um, two really young, high tools, the outfielders, and of course Tarnock, who we just touched on. I think that's a pretty fair deal for a one-year guy. Um, and that's a good. I think it's a good deal for the Royals and the Braves. I think it's pretty fair. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, that's that's kind of like, uh, I think Tarnock, I, I don't know what Fangrass has him at, but I'm sure they probably have him around a top five uh, prospect in this system. Um, and it, I don't know if they've upgraded. Was. I don't know if they've updated him recently, but he just got to AAA. Uh, he's got a high upside arm, Tyler Collins and Brandon Mesquite. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's going to take. And Benatendi's a one-year rental. So, it, like, imagine that. Now, now, now think about Ian Happ, who's got two years left who's probably a slightly better or, you know, even player has been to been attendee. I mean, you're going to be paying double the price. He's there for two postseason runs. You're going to have to pay double the price of that. So I think you're starting with Vaughn Grissom and you're adding more. I think you're starting with Vaughn Grissom and Kyle Moore if you're going after Ian Happ. And you may even have to go like Ian Anderson. So I, I think there's gonna it's going to cost a lot for the Braves to make a big splash. But Ian Happ, Ben attendee, those, those would be very good adds to this team for this year and potentially next year. Hell, it wouldn't even be the worst thing in the world if Ian Anderson was out of the rotation, you know, in a scenario like this. Uh, I mean, the past two postseasons, the Braves have put up some just no-name guys going out into the postseason and getting starts. So it wouldn't be, you know, crazy if Kyle, Kyle Muller got a start, you know, in the postseason or something. The Braves have put out far worse than Kyle Muller before. So it's not, you know, crazy to think about. <clears throat> I mean, I I hope that situation doesn't arrive. I mean, you'd have to have an injury uh, to a guy like one of the big four that we talked about. But yeah, that's that's kind of why I'm not expecting the Braves to add a starter. It's super expensive. We don't have very much prospect capital, and we already have four really good guys. The best rotation we've had in years, and we haven't added a starter at the last three trade deadlines. So I just I, I really don't expect that to happen at all. Oh. This isn't good. this isn't good for us. So apparently the Mets and Cubs are discussing a potential trade that would send Wilson Contreras and David Robinson for to New York. I mean, have I not? Did I? How many times have I said it? At least in the last two podcasts, I said Wilson Contreras will be a Met by the end of by the trade deadline. By the time we play them right I after, think the I always trade thought that was. Too. I thought that was way more just way, made, way more uh, possible than Juan Soto, especially because their catching situation has been god awful. The Juan Soto thing, I hate to say for, for Mets fans, if you're listening, is not happening. I mean, you're, there's just no reason that the, the Nationals would trade Juan Soto within their division. It just doesn't make any sense. Unless you offer them significantly more than, you know, the Yankees would, 
there's no way they're going to trade him within the NL East. So that's why I said it was never going to happen in Atlanta either. They're just not going to trade a player like that with three more years of control who you could sign for the next 15 years. They're just not going to do that. You know, it's not going to happen. Why would they do that? Wilson Contreras makes way too much sense. The, the Mets catching situation is awful. Even though I feel like Thomas Nito, who hits like 150, always seems to have like seven hits against us. Um, and James McCann will even get a hit against us. And the, but they're, they're, overall, their catching situation is awful. And Wilson Contreras might be the best catcher in baseball right now. So uh, that makes way too much sense. And I think the Mets are going to be a lot better team down the stretch because of the trade deadline. You know, Steve Cohen's going to be aggressive. You know, the money ain't, ain't a thing to him. Um, so uh, that, that makes way too much sense to me. And if they add David Robertson too, what I, he's my number one on uh, bullpen arms that I hope the Braves get. But listen, kill two birds with one stone, throw in a little sweetener. If you're the Mets, you get David Robinson and Wilson Contreras. That's, that, now you're talking about a World Series contender there without a doubt. That would be a great deal for them. So let's hope it doesn't happen. But either way, the Mets are going to make moves. Like, like they, are going, they have the prospects to make moves. Steve Cohen's aggressive. He doesn't care about his farm system because he can go buy players during the summer you know, or during the winter. He can just go buy whoever he wants. So why does he need these prospects? So they're going to be aggressive. They're going to get some players. And, and Wilson Contreras makes way too much sense. To that point, that's why I said earlier that Anthopoulos isn't going to sit on his hands because he knows other teams are going to get better. So he's got to get better. You know, this is going to be an interesting trade deadline, specifically, you know, Mets, Braves, race for the division. But also Dodgers are trying to make moves. I saw them trying to get Soto. I mean, this is going to be an interesting um, trade deadline. And the Braves can't just be, you know, content with where they are. And I don't think they will be. I I just said it earlier. I don't think they will be. But, you know, they've got to get better. In any area. Here's an interesting aspect to think about this year's trade deadline that the Braves haven't been able to think about probably since the rebuild because of COVID and everything. You know, the Braves had the highest payroll they've ever had uh, this past offseason, and that was based off all the revenue they made in 2021. Well, guess what? The Bra- what Braves fans have been fantastic. We've talked about it millions and millions of times on this podcast, how Truist Park, you know, selling out every night. They, they just had a ridiculous, like 200,000 people there over the weekend against the Angels. I mean, it's an absolute masterclass by this fan base showing up to the park. Well, guess who's raking in cash through the first half? Liberty Media. And guess for what the first time the Braves are going to have at this year's trade deadline that they haven't in previous? Money. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot because you're thinking free agency, but they have money to spend. And whether that means eating a Marcelo Zuna contract or – adding a player by, you know, whatever money, money, you can buy players too, kind of at the trade deadline. You can, you can work ways around it where you can buy players. So that's something that uh, you can definitely kind of be a little happier about. Like the prospect situation may not be great, but they have money. So um, that that's kind of one thing you might look out for here that might make the Braves be able to make a move or two that they weren't able to make, you know, a year or two ago. I, I do think that could play a factor. Yeah, and they got, they got some good players in this draft class too. So that's that's another good sign. They 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 they've got a lot of high upside, you know, high school guys. Which I, it makes sense when you consider how many guys they have in AAA. It doesn't make the sense. It doesn't make as much sense to go get a bunch of college players that are going to be up in AAA in a year and then have continue this big log jam you have in AAA. Get some younger guys and kind of reset that reset that clock. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, and that's definitely was a strategy. You know, everyone was expecting those college guys. You know, Alex Anthopoulos might, uh, you know, know what he's doing. Uh, surprisingly, you know, he's only the best general manager in baseball. All right, let's get into just some straight up dream list and predictions. Like if you were to have your dream trade deadline, Jake, who would be the guy or guys 
that the Braves would target and land and kind of what would they send back in return? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult. I think a good, a good balance would be, I think Ian Happ has got to be on this list just because of the versatility, everything he offers, um, five tool guys, switch hitter, you get a little bit of everything there. And, um, you know, maybe they get super aggressive and make two big deals. I think it's going to be one big deal. And then a bunch of quick hitters that, you know, we're going to be like, Oh yeah. You know, that makes a lot of sense. Like the Rosario, like none of us were saying, Oh yeah. Eddie Rosario for Pablo Sandoval. No, like you can't predict that. Or Jorge Soler. Um, Or really even Adam Duvall. I mean, it kind of was linked, but none of those three were expected. They came came out of nowhere. Yeah. I I would love to get Jock back, but I think, I think Ian Happ would definitely be your best fit. Um, He would definitely be your guy that second left field, you know, he can, he can help out a lot. Um, (laughs) And if they do make two big deals, I, I would love to come away with uh, Tyler Molly and, and Brandon Drury from the Reds. I think if you can get both of those guys, um, you, that might be an Ian Anderson type deal, um, especially if you're getting Molly and Drury. Um, but it could lower the prospect cost so you can still get Ian Happ. Uh, that's probably a little out there. That's that's a lot. That's like, a, you know, that's a, that's a bit, that's two pretty big moves. But um, I would say that would be my dream. You come away with Molly who could eat a lot of innings and he's a very efficient starter. Molly is known for being extremely efficient, throws a lot of strikes. Uh, Drury having a fantastic year uh and then you get Ian Happ so you got a second baseman and a left fielder and then both of those guys can can kind of switch back and forth as well if they need to Alex who ha- Alex who do you who do you want the Braves to get you it can so, be anybody Throw I it don't know there. necessarily as much as Jake does about you know the farm and all these other guys but I'm just going to go prediction that uh I think it's going to be a lot like we saw last year and how I mentioned it uh we were talking about it this year that uh it's just going to be a guy, a bunch of guys that aren't on ours or anybody's radar. And it's just going to be Anthopolis, you know, working the phones, just doing insane stuff that, you know, eventually it works out. And we, at the time we go, yeah, yeah. Just like you said, it makes sense. Um, I think because I don't think Anthopolis is really willing to just deplete the whole farm system, you know, this year, I think it's just going to be a bunch, you know, two, three low, low cost guys that end up, you know, being big parts of this team down the stretch run. Yeah, I think that's definitely a uh, significant possibility. I think it could be bullpen guys. I think it could be, you know, a couple uh, low-cost outfielders, some low-cost bullpen arms. That could definitely be the way they go and just try to load up on bullpen help and load up on outfielders and play the depth game. You know, if you have enough numbers there, you know, the Braves already have their core here. You know, if you get four or five guys that can that need to fill in a couple innings in the postseason, uh, need to fill in a few at-bats or, or start in left field, you know, if you get four or five guys, one of them is likely to catch hot come October. So I, I like that. Uh, I definitely think that's probably the most likely uh, scenario. But if I was going to say dream scenario, I'm going to go back to what Jake said. Uh, I'd go Ian Happ and David Robertson of the Cubs. Uh, as I said, David Robertson's my number one uh, bullpen target on a one-year deal. He would be a perfect toss-in. And I think you can unloan the farm for Ian Happ. He fills all the needs. He can play second until Ozzy there, get him out there and left. You still have Eddie Rosario, Marcelo Zuna. They can platoon in the DH role. I just think that makes too much sense. I don't think if you make an, uh, a Robertson and half deal, I think you you that's all you need. I mean, that, to me, that's all you need. I'm fine with Ian Anderson trying to figure it out in the majors, throw Kyle Muller in there in the fifth spot for the rest of the season. The starting rotation is good enough. The bullpen's already really good. You got Yates, now Robertson, and Ian Happ. I, I just think, I think you do that. Call it a day. Call it a day. If, if you can do that. Yeah. And, and something about Ian Happ too, is, you know, he, he does have good power. He has a good OPS. 
Yes, he gets some extra base hits, but he's definitely more of a table setter than like Adam Duvall. It's Adam Duvall is not a table setter. Adam Duvall is a guy you hope goes up there and smacks a double or a home run. Um, and, you know, Ian, uh, Ian Hack can get on base and he's somebody, um, you know, maybe you want to experiment with moving Ronald to the second, to the two hole or, uh, you know, even leading off Michael Harris, batting Ian Hack, you know, down in the order. Uh, you know, you can play around. He gives you a lot more options because he is that type of table setter. He can get on base. He can steal a base. You know, he has that speed. And I think that's something the Braves need a little bit more of. So that's why I kind of like Hap. I don't see I don't see the Braves doing it. But what do you think about just the idea of maybe flipping some things around in the lineup and moving Ronald around uh, with the way he's been struggling? And I, I'm not here to say I think Ronald will figure this out and have a huge, you know, second half of the season. He's hitting the ball hard. He's just not really elevating it. I think he'll figure it out and have a big second half when the Braves need him the most. But what do you think about maybe switching up the lineup, maybe moving him down, maybe moving a Michael Harris up to first, or you know, just just switching things up, maybe maybe seeing if they can get him going a little bit. I didn't, you know, even when Ronald was slumping, but they, you know, they were winning games. You know, it's like, all right, well, I'm not going to fix that because it's not broken. But you know, if say they lose two or three to the Phillies, then I'm kind of thinking. You know, well, what could have hurt? You know, if, if it doesn't work, we'll switch it back up. I don't think you should hit Ronald fourth. I think maybe hit him second, uh, even maybe third. Um, but, you know, maybe even, you know, Dansby two, Ronald third, Michael Harris first. I don't know. I, I don't think it would hurt to switch things up. Maybe it'll, you know, spark something in him with some RBI opportunities. Um, so who knows? I don't yeah. know if I'm really <clears throat> for all that. I think, I mean, he's leading the team in on-base percentage. I'm, I'm fairly certain. I mean, I know he's slumping, and it's been a hot topic this week with uh, some of the beat reporters saying he's lackadaisical or what have you. And you know, that's all fine and dandy, but he's still he's still Ronald Acuna Jr. He's still the best player on this team, and that's saying something. You know, he's not playing like it right now, but like if you were starting this franchise over, you know, ten times out of ten, you start it with Ronnie. So, sure, I you know, I do think it's funny. I, I, Ronald Acuna down here is a 770 OPS. I do think we're getting to the point where you could say Austin Riley uh, is. You could choose Austin Riley over Ronald Acuna, and it's not a topic that we have to have. But I do think you're getting legitimately to that point. Like Austin Riley is a absolute superstar. Like I think I I said it last week on the bold predictions for the second half. I think he's going to win the MVP, uh, and I obviously he's continued to be red hot um, to start the second half and. I mean, he's just, I mean, he's a superstar. Like Austin Riley deserves the credit to be mentioned in the same breast of guys like Ronald Acuna, even guys like Juan Soto. Like he's that damn good. I mean, he's got almost an 1,000 OPS this year. And it seems like he just got hot over the last two months. So it's just, a t- it doesn't really matter because I agree with everything, your, your, your sentiment of Ronald. Like he's, he is a superstar. He's going to figure this out. Um, but I do think you could start saying Austin Riley. If you're talking about who's the best player on this team, I think you could say Austin Riley is the best player on this team right now. I definitely think that's an argument worth having. And and I I think most talented too. Like he's that, he's just that damn good. As a pure hitter, Austin Riley has proven to be a absolute phenom, like Chipper Jones esque. I don't you're think that's hold I my tongue. I mean, there's no reason to hold your tongue. Like it's just- no, yeah. I just love Ronnie, and I just think what he gives you in terms of five tools is more than Austin Riley. That's all, and I, and that's fair. I'm just saying, I, I that, and I I would probably take Ronald Acuna too. Like, I, not probably. Like, I'd still need to see it, but like, I think you're getting the point where Austin Riley's put together these two MVP like seasons, and, and I don't see any reason why he should stop. I mean, he's an unbelievable pure hitter. 
Um, and I don't think – I think Acuna will figure this out, have a huge second half. All these people that are saying these idiotic things will end up shutting up. But I'm just saying I'm just more high on Ronald uh, on Riley than I am down on any way in Acuna. I just think Riley's a superstar, and he needs more credit to be like, hey, this guy could be legitimately the best player in the National League. Yeah, I really think he could. I mean, you don't have Otani or 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 Trout. Like, I think Riley might be very well, might be the best player in the National League. Period. Yeah, definitely. It's hard to it's it's kind of crazy to even say that you know he Ronnie hasn't been the best player on the team this year <clears throat> when he came out of the gate on fire i mean he really did but over the course of the season it has been austin riley and dance is probably right behind austin riley um so i i get what you're saying it, it is a, it's definitely a fair point but uh again i i just think you know ronnie is just he, he's got stuff god-given ability that you know you just can't teach and that's what it comes down to for me yeah, I mean, no hate, no hate on Ronald here, man. He's a he, he's a superstar, and I think yeah. he's going to be fantastic in the second half. And I think when you talk about trade deadline additions, as as much as these additions, like we we want an Ian Happ or a David Robinson, uh, getting a guy like Ronald back hot, that's going to be your biggest addition. Getting yeah. a guy like Ozzy back, if, if he can come back and do what he's done for his entire career, that's going to be the biggest addition. So when you talk about additions, yes, Ian Happ would be nice. David Robertson, you know, whoever we end up adding, they're all going to, you know, be huge and key to winning a championship. But the biggest additions are going to come from within in Ozzy and Ronald Acuna figuring this thing out. Yeah, it is crazy. I mean, Matt Olson is just having an excellent season. We don't really, I mean, we talk about him, but he's not talked about like that. Like Austin Riley is in the same breath. And even Michael Harris, I mean, the Braves are just loaded. You know, we just need to fine tune it and we got another world series. Oh well, yeah. And it's all about getting hot at the right time. So I'm glad we're going through a little lull here for, it's just small, but a little lull here because you know, you want to be hot in uh, September and October. It doesn't matter about being the hottest team in July and August. Uh, that wraps up this episode of the sports talk ATL podcast. Thank you guys for joining us. I'm sure we will be back later this week with any news and rumors on the Braves. We'll also be talking about Falcons training camp. So stay tuned for that.